Let's go right into the word, amen? Open up your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Beginning verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. I want to just speak to you today about grace, but I want you to understand something about who you were and who God has made you. You used to be part of the children of wrath. And the children of wrath was not because you were just a mean person, but it was because what was, what's working on the inside of you is the spirit of disobedience. It's a spirit that is contrary to the spirit of God. It is a spirit of death that was operating inside of you. Many, many times people do things and you ask them, why did you do it? And they'll say, I don't know. And they really don't. There was an, uh, something that inspired them to act out something evil. And every person in this world has that nature inside of them. That's why Jesus came. To take out the old man, that old wicked nature, and put a new spirit inside of you. A spirit that's led by the Holy Ghost that desires to do the things of God. Amen. And I want you to understand that that's what you used to be. That's not who you are now. Amen. That's why you are free in Jesus' name. Because it's not because you don't, you don't have the opportunity to do something negative. You don't have the opportunity to sin. But your nature, your desire on the inside of you is no longer at war with God. The nature on the inside of you is now in unison and in agreement with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, verse 4. After you hear about that nature and about what was working on the inside of you, this is God's response. And verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. Say, God is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace... You have been saved. Say, I've been made alive. You didn't work to come alive. You didn't earn your, your life. You've been made alive. The master made you alive. Jesus made you alive. Amen. Verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if you don't want to sit together with Christ Jesus, you have no choice. You have no choice. He makes you sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. You have to understand that, that you didn't choose God. God cho chose you. And, and you, are, you now belong to the Lord. You are conquered territory. And just because you might be in rebellion and trying to run away from God, you can run, but you cannot hide. Amen. <laughs> Because he pulls you not from the outside, he pulls you from the inside. Amen. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Say that with me. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And not, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Amen. I want to speak a little bit to you today about grace, about grace. There's a definition that I always heard growing up about grace, that God, that grace, grace is God's unmerited favor. In other words, the favor of God given to you because even though you didn't do anything to earn it, you didn't have to pay for it. He just gave it to you. But I also want to add a definition. There are many definitions of grace, but I want to add this definition according to the scripture that we just, let, we just read. And here's, here's the definition that I found. It's in the scripture. Grace is God's favor upon your life because God is merciful and he loves you. Grace is God's favor upon your life because God is merciful and he loves you. There are many people that say, well, you have to do this so that you could be loved by God or that you could be saved. You, 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 you need to do all these things to receive from God. You know, you have to earn it. But that's not, that's not right. That's the line. You don't earn it. You receive it. Amen. Say, I don't earn it. I receive it. Like every one of you in your physical body, your physical body is alive right now. But you're not the one that makes your, your physical body alive. You just receive life in your physical body. You just get to enjoy life in your physical body. You get to breathe and operate and live day by day in your physical body. But that life comes from God. Amen. And so when it comes to the grace of God, he puts his mercy upon you. Because he loves you. He puts his favor upon you because he loves you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves me. So it's not about how good you are. It's not about how many you do this and that. And it's not about that. All the, thing, all the blessings of heaven have already been given to you because God loves you. Amen. But when I look around, I don't see all the blessings on everybody. Some people enjoy God's blessing in one area and not in another. Some people enjoy uh, God's blessing and, and they don't know about the other areas of God's blessings. What did Jesus say? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you, just that you don't know how to go get it. It's available, but you have to get, you have to get it by faith. Amen. What does the scripture says in, uh, in verse Let's see, in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
So all of the favor and power of God is available to you by grace, but you have to go through the door of faith. Or you have to use your faith. Faith becomes the bridge for you to walk across and take what you want. Take what you need. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so this is where we need to understand that we have to raise up our faith to experience the grace that's already been given to us. Amen. That's why some people will preach Because Jesus died for the sins of man, all men are saved. There's a difference between potential and already there, you know? Faith has to be the way that brings you into salvation. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am saved. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't say that the whole world is saved just because they're saved, it's done. They have to believe in him. And when they believe in him, they have to use their faith in what he's done. And they'll be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to just talk about a little bit about grace, by grace is the title of this message. And first thing I want you to understand, God desires to show his glory off in your life. God desires to clothe you with glory because the only way that he could be magnified in the eyes of man, in the eyes of this world, is by taking somebody that, he, that loves him and that will press into to his presence And will use their faith to receive the things of heaven upon their life so that he can lift you up and show you off so that people will see God through you. That's why signs, wonders, and miracles are so important. They're not for the believer. They're for the unbeliever. That's why when we preach, we preach with power. It's not for the believer. I'm not trying to get the believer saved when when signs, wonders, and miracles are flowing. I am trying to demonstrate there's a living God that wants to heal and set people free and give give them salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the word of God says in verse 7 that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. In Christ Jesus. How many of you give God permission to show off the riches of his grace upon your life? Do you give God permission to bless you financially? That's all the grace of God. How about, how about peace? Do you give God where everybody might be freaking out, but you got peace that surpasses all understanding? How about in, in, in uh, the strength of your marriage? You give God uh, the permission to show off his glory in your marriage, upon your children, upon your finances, upon your health. How many you give God permission to show off his grace in your health? In every area. In every area, God wants to show off his glory. He wants to do good for you so that when the world sees you, they don't see you, they see God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I remember I was going through a very difficult time and I was, I was you know, dealing with a lot of, lot of persecution and all that. I was a youth pastor and I went before God and I just prayed and I gave all my cares to the Lord. When I rose up from that prayer time, I was at complete peace. The Lord had refilled my cup. I was, a, I was strong. I went to go pick up a, one of the, the youth. We were going to do some work at the church. I went to his house, picked them up as we're driving, you know, to, the, to church. Now you have to understand, I'm going through a very difficult time, but I've, I've got strength from the Lord. And so as we're driving to church, the, the teenage boy, he said, Pastor Kevin, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. Why are you so happy all the time? He wasn't seeing me. He was seeing the grace of God upon my life. Amen. And that's what that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to show off his glory upon your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe 2020, the Lord is going to show off on your life. He's going to show off your life where people are going to look at you and say, how, how, how did you, you get that peaceful? How did you get that joy? How did you get that bliss? How, how did you increase in your business? Amen. How did you, why are you so happy? Why are you so healthy? And he's going to say, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God operating in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. So he desires to, to be so good to you that other people will become jealous. I learned a long time ago that if I ever want to get a backslider coming back to church, I just testify about what God is doing in my life. And they get so jealous, they come back. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God wants to use you to make other people jealous. Amen. We, we don't envy anybody. We don't lust after anybody. But, but we let God show off his glory. Amen. Here's, here's something I want. Everybody stretch out your hands. Go like that. Stretch a little bit. Okay. If God puts something on your hand, like a ring, show it off. If God puts something on your, on your body, like good clothes, show it off. If God opens up, when God, let me say it different. When God gives you keys to the, your, your heart's desire of a house, show it off. When God, when God gives you strength and grace to get to the same size as you were in high school, show it off. I'm tired of people hiding the blessings of, of God. The blessings of God are there so that you could tell the world what God did for you. Look at your neighbor and say, show it off. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on my God. And if you're jealous, I'll show you how to get it yourself. It's the grace of God. Hallelujah. I was, I was speaking uh, to, to uh, my brother and sister in their business. You know, normally their business declines around this time, but the Lord gave them a word a few months ago that they were going to be just as busy now as they are the rest of the year. They, they, they pulled me aside and said, Pastor, that word that you told me, we are so busy with work. 
It's the grace of God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, show it off. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's called testimony. Let me tell you how good, how good my God is. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just, I'm going to talk a few things about what is available to you by grace. What is available to you by grace? Because some people, they think grace is just for salvation, that your name is written in heaven, that you're a son of God. That's part of the grace of God. Amen. But let me go through a couple things. And this is not everything that's available. There's so much more. There's so much more. But I want to go over a few because we'll, we'll end up preaching about, about two years on just what's available to you by the grace of God. Number one, and, and it's, let me first say this, it's all available in the kingdom of God. When I talk about the grace of God, I'm describing the kingdom of God. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is not over there, it's not over there. The kingdom of God is in you. And so what you, where you receive the grace of God has already been put in you through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so here... Here's the, the first one I want to talk about, the, the, about grace, what grace makes available to you. Grace makes salvation available to you. New life and forgiveness. Amen. You don't earn new life. You don't earn your forgiveness. You don't earn your salvation. Grace has made it available to you. Amen. Say, grace, grace. has made it available to me. I receive it by faith. Again, I receive it by faith. Amen. Understand, God did his part. You have to do yours. Faith is your part. Amen. But he gives you the strength. He gives you a measure of faith so that you can receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, purpose. Purpose. Many people are looking, what is my life going to become? What am I called here to do? Why is my, what is the meaning of my life? God will give you purpose that is found in his grace. In verse 10, of the, the scriptures that we're just reading in, uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, my, my, my brother and sister Mario and, uh, and Zen, they're worshipers. They use their creativity to worship God and to release new songs and, and they lead others in worshiping. Mario loves to rap, Zen loves to sing and together they make an awesome pair. Veronica, you sing, I'll rap, okay? <laughs> but it's not something that they chose, it's something they were chosen to do by God. They have been made that way, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I've been made this way. And for them to not operate in, in their gifting to glorify God is for them to deny the gift that God has given them and the grace of God working in their, in their life. Amen. And so if you're saying, well, I need purpose in my life, you know, especially with some of you as you're young and you're growing, you're trying to figure out what is life about? What am I supposed to do? You know, start pressing into God and he'll begin to reveal his purpose and his plan for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Stop trying to go to school to find out what you're going to become. Go to the Lord, the one that made you. Go to the workmen. Let him work his work in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, healing and restoration. 
In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. In, in Christ, by grace, you are already healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Not going to be healed. We are healed. And so healing is already yours. Say healing, healing. is mine. It's already yours by grace. It's, it's a favor of God given to you because of God's mercy towards you and his love for you. Amen. So healing is not something that you have to beg God for. It's already available for you. All you have to do is go and receive it by faith. Go and serve yourself by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Number four, prosperity. Prosperity has been given to you by the grace of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Go there with me. Hallelujah. It's important that you know the word because the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But when you got the word inside your heart, that is your rights, that's your privileges, that is the gifts that God has already made available to you. And you can take ownership of it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's greater than the rights and the privileges that are extended to you as a citizen of the United States. It's greater than the Bill of Rights, the word of God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. God has given you an avenue that you could become rich. Through faith. Amen. Say, I've been made rich. Through Jesus Christ. I take it right now in Jesus' name. I wish I had more time to speak on this, but, but when you understand that it's available to you, you change your thoughts and your mind. I don't care if you have a dime to your name. I don't care if you owe everybody under the sun. When, as soon as you change your mind, you begin to say, God has given me the power to prosper. God has, that Jesus has made a way for me to be rich. I receive it right now by faith. And you begin to change your mind instead of, I can't do anything. I owe so much. You begin to say, I've been blessed with all of heaven. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you begin to dream about how God can use you to be a producer of prosperity for others. Amen. Hallelujah. Poverty is not in the bank account. Poverty is in the mind. As soon as a mind is set free and begins to see the blessings of heaven, that they've been made rich through Christ Jesus, they will begin to change. Their finances will change. Their actions will change. Their talk will change. Hit your neighbor and say, it's time to change. Hit your other neighbor and say, no more poverty. Say, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. I, I, I found this one show on TV. It's called The Undercover Billionaire. It's awesome. This man, he goes into a city that nobody knows him. He's literally a billionaire by doing business but he goes into the city with $100. He's not, he's not 
He's not able, he's not allowed to use any of his relationships, any of his, his resources. He goes in there under an assumed name with $100 with a goal of starting a business in that city and in 90 days make it a million-dollar business. He believed that he could do it. He wasn't allowed to tell anybody about who he was. To them, he was just a stranger they met on the street. But he believed every door was open. He believed that he would have, he could use his wisdom and his knowledge and his fortitude to create that business. He failed. Instead of making a, seven, a $1 million business, he made an $800,000 business. $800,000 business. Hey, that's a little failure. <laughs> why could, if this man could do it, why can't you? You have more resources available to you than this man on his own will ever have. You don't have a, you don't, you have to have a kingdom mindset. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I am rich. I am rich. I am rich. Amen. Hallelujah. And you have to begin to change your thinking to think that way. And instead of waiting for something to happen, st step out and do something by faith, believing God that it's going to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you, God's been speaking to you about doing new things in 2020. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you going to waste another year waiting? You want to know? You, I think I have to go a little longer in this part. Waiters are complainers. If I wait, I'm, I'm going to complain. I'm going to become bitter. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to blame pastor. Waiters are complainers. Amen. Jesus was walking by the pool of Bethesda. He saw a lame man. The Bible says that every time the angel would come and stir the waters, the first person in the water would get healed. This lame man was waiting for the stirring of the waters. But every time the stirring of the waters, somebody would jump before him and get in. When Jesus walked by, he said, will you be made whole? The man said, I have nobody to carry me in when the waters are stirred. What was he doing? He was complaining. Jesus didn't ask him, why aren't, you know, he didn't ask him, why are, you, why, why are you not, you know, healed? He said, will you? Do you want to? You have to understand, Jesus was his man. If you want to be waiting on the, on the pool of Bethesda, trying to beat somebody to the pool, waiting for somebody to carry you in, you'll never receive the blessing of heaven. You have to rise up and realize that Jesus is your man and he will carry you in. Begin to dream. 
Do something bigger than what you've done last year. Take a pencil and a paper. Dream about how God wants to bless you. Stop thinking about what you're going to buy. Start thinking how you, you could do something that would give glory to God. What does the scripture says? All these things shall be added to your life. Amen? We have to get out of the, the normal systems of this world. We have to get in the systems of heaven. The systems of this world are always thinking about what it can buy. The systems of the kingdom of God are thinking about what it can do to release resources and increase upon somebody's life where the things just come. Amen? Hallelujah. Say, I'm rich in Jesus' name. Hit your neighbor say, wake up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Number five. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I have to hurry up. Pastor Kevin preached too long. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Say that with me. When I am weak, then I am strong. Grace, the fifth area is grace is strength in weakness. Strength in weakness. Perseverance. That's grace. Where other people will quit, get discouraged. You know, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand when I hear somebody say, I'm going through so much, I just want to quit. <laughs> to what? What do you quit to? Like if you quit, everything goes away. <laughs> I just want to quit. There ain't no quit. What do you mean quit? I want to give up. To what? Like everything's going to go away if you give up? Like you are not you if you give up? No, when there's stuff going on, you can't handle it. That's where you begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Your grace is sufficient for me. I could persevere in the midst of this trial. Knowing that when I am weak, then I am strong in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just going to end it with this last one. I got many more. Might continue more later on. You should buy the book. After I write it. Number six. We're talking about by grace. What God has made available to you by grace, unmerited favor, God's mercy and love towards you. He's made this available to you and you receive it by faith. This is the last one that I'm going to talk about today. Godly living. Titus chapter 2. If you could put it on the screen. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 in the Amplified. Do you have the Amplified version, guys? No? I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Go and put it on the New King James. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 in the Amplified Version, it says, 
for the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives with a purpose that reflects the spiritual maturity in this present age. There are some teachings that say because you are under grace, it, God doesn't care about how you live. That's false. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That, that literally is the ones that have given up. Oh, the devil's too bad. God can't give you victory over sin, so you best well just give up. Allow all immorality. Allow all things that, that if you want to do it, just do it. God doesn't care. But here the scripture says it's the grace of God that teaches you how to live a godly life. A moral life. A life that gives God honor and God gives God glory. The one thing I know about, about sin is when you sin, you know you sin. Even those that were operating under the, under the, the, the sinful nature, when they did something wrong, they knew they did something wrong. Why? That's why they always hid in the darkness because they didn't want to hang out in the light so nobody would see them. You know, all the bars will close if you turn on the lights. You never go into a well-lit bar. Amen. Because they don't want people to see. They don't want people to see the filth that's happening in, around them. Hello. If it was so good, why don't you turn on the light? Amen. Hallelujah. And so the word of God says the grace of God will teach you how to live a moral life. Amen. Can't you let God teach you? Hallelujah. Don't ever accept immorality in your life as it being normal. Make sure that you recognize that this is an area that God's grace is going to operate in your life and give you victory over it. As soon as you make regard, as soon as you make provision for immorality in your life, you're telling God, God, you can have everything else, but this is going to be another God in my life that I'm going to worship. God, you can have everything, but the drugs that I'm doing, I'm going to worship that too. So even though I might be doing drugs, I'll be worshiping you and worshiping drugs. And you get to that place when you stop repenting. Say it again, pastor. You get to that place when you stop repenting. When you stop repenting, realizing that this does not belong to you, and it's not who God made you to be, and you start accepting it as, oh, yes, you know, God loves me just like this. I could do this. Matter of fact, I'm going to teach everybody else how to be a drug addict and be a Christian. There's religions like that. God does not change. Amen. Don't make yourself a God. You know, really, when you start putting, adding to the scripture like that, you just began idol worship. You're now an idol worshiper. Having a form of God, yet no God. Amen. And what happens is your faith in the salvation of Jesus Christ begins to diminish. I ain't going to go much deeper than that. But all, all I know is I would be very afraid. Amen. The Bible even talks about that God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Amen. 
Is this good for this Baptist church this morning? Hallelujah. But God will give you strength to live a godly life. He'll give you strength to give you godly life. His spirit will teach you. His spirit will teach you. Some of you might, you know, I remember I was talking to one of my friends. We graduated high school in 92. It was already close to 2000 and he was still in college. They called him the professor because he was always there. But he was still learning. Some of you might be just like that person year after year. But you're still learning. Stay in the education business of God. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Amen. I love Pastor Renee's testimony. He was a drunkard. 36 beers a day he drank. Over and over he would repent. God, take this away from me. God, take this away from me. How many years did you cry out to God that way? Five years he cried out to God that way. But yet every day, 36 beers. Every day, 36 beers. Until one day the grace of God was manifested in his life and set him completely free. When, when was, when, how, how long have you been, have you been free from, from alcohol? 11 years set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Say, God's still working in me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's all by God's grace. It's all by God's grace. Amen. Do you all receive that word today? Can we give God praise? Amen. I want to ask the, the ushers to pass out communion. We're going to take communion today. I want to challenge you as we enter in 2020. We're, we're, I'm calling a holy fast for the church. So fasting is denying yourself something so that your spirit man becomes more enlightened to the things of God. When I stop eating food, my, my physical will become weak. But when I do it unto the Lord, my communion with the Holy Spirit becomes stronger. Thank you. I'm able to sense his presence. I'm able to experience his touch. I'm able to clear out all the extra voices and hear from the Lord. One of the things about living a godly life, if you could deny yourself food, you could deny all the other temptations. And so you, you, could, you, could, you could allow yourself to go through a time of fasting so that you can hear from God and you do it all unto the Lord. We're not just fasting for fasting's sake. We're fasting so that we can spend time with God Focus on the Lord and allow him to speak to our heart. And so I'm calling for a 21-day fast. I want to encourage you to be free during that fast. If you feel like you want to not eat food from sunup to sundown, great. Let God give you the direction. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And this, I think every one of you could do this. I'm going to fast breakfast. I'm not going to eat breakfast. Breakfast, that time of breakfast is going to be the time that I take communion and I 
spend time with the Lord in the morning, amen? And so for 21 days, I want to encourage you to take communion, to remind yourself that you live for the Lord, to remind yourself what God has done for you and what he's made available by his grace, amen? And so for me, I'm not going to eat breakfast for 21 days, beginning from January the 1st to January the 21st, amen? And uh, that's the time I'm going to set aside just to spend time with God, amen, and dedicate it unto the Lord. For you, you might say, well, I'm going to go on a few-day fast. I'm going to do this. There's a lot of teachings on fasting. They're great. They're wonderful. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. But I'm calling everyone to a 21-day fast. Take communion every day. Amen. Dedicate that time unto the Lord. And let God bless you as you enter into 2020. Amen. In the scriptures, in Luke chapter 22, verse 14. Before I read this scripture, I want to make an announcement because we're, we're running close to the finishing of the broadcast. We are, we are not going to be broadcasting on channel 5.2 beginning next week. This is our last broadcast on the channel. We're refocusing our efforts, building up our media and our outreaches in other area. And as the Lord strengthens us and increases us, we'll go back not just there, but in other places as well. Amen. And so as we enter the year, I, I want to thank everybody that's been watching. But I'm down the road. Show up. We're in Harlingen and McAllen. We'd love to have you. You can also watch online on our YouTube ch channel and on Facebook. But we, we want to stay in, communi in communication with you. Amen. And I pray that these programs for the past two years have been blessing your life. We are still on television every day, Monday through Friday, on channel 23. At 5.30 in the morning, we have a program called Victory in the Valley. You can watch us on television, or you can always watch us 24 hours on our website, Faith Pleases God. Amen? Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 22, verse 14, when the hour had come, he sat down with, and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Everyone, please stand on your feet. Here Jesus was speaking. He says, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. In verse 16, for I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I want to let you know that the kingdom of God is here now. And so we are able to partake of communion together with Christ Jesus. When we take hold of the bread, it represents his body, which was broken for our, our healing. And so when we take this communion of the bread, we remind ourselves that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. And so by faith, take your healing. Maybe you've been dealing with some sickness and disease. Maybe you've been dealing with, with another area. Maybe it's a broken heart. Maybe it's something 
else that needs to be healed. Maybe it's your marriage that needs to be healed. By faith, as you take communion, receive the full blessings of heaven that's given to you by grace through faith. Amen. This cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ. His perfect blood was given as a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. The Bible says that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. He paid the price of his blood for our redemption. That the curse of sin and death is no longer upon our life. And that we are made new in Christ Jesus. You're not saved because you were good. You're saved because he is good. And don't allow the enemy to say, oh, because you slipped and stumbled and messed up a little bit, that God doesn't love you or God's out to get you or God's there to punish you. Nowhere in the scripture does it talk about God punishing you, but it talks about God's love towards you, that his mercy and his grace is available for you. And so when we take this cup, release all guilt, all shame, receive the complete salvation that Christ has paid for by his blood, this cup represents the blood of Jesus. So when I drink of it, I am drinking the blood of Christ. I'm drinking the benefits of the believer. I'm drinking the ben benefits that he paid for at the cross of Calvary. Amen. Close your eyes for a moment. If you've never given your heart to God, before we take communion today, I want to invite you to repent of your sins, give your life to Jesus Christ, and become born again through faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you, when we say this prayer, Say it in faith, and you'll be born again a son of God. You will be saved. Repeat out loud with everybody else this prayer of salvation. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come inside my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways. I believe that I'm born again and I'm the, I am a son of God. I am saved in Jesus' name. Now let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for that word. I thank you for this holy communion. Jesus, thank you for your obedience to the cross. That you died on the cross for us. But then three days later, you rose again. And now you are living and dwelling inside our hearts. So as we take of this communion, we take it together with you, Lord Jesus. Claiming all the benefits of the believer. That we are healed and we are saved. And we are on our way to heaven. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the benefits that you've blessed us with. Take, eat, and drink. Hallelujah.